Welcome to Career and Leadership Real Talk, the no-nonsense guide for ambitious managers who want to have more impact and progress their career. I'm Pamela Langan, a job search coach and expert CV writer specialising in helping frustrated professionals land the jobs and pay rises they know they deserve. And I'm Jackie Jagger, a leadership and mindset coach specialising in helping newly promoted and new to role leaders to avoid the dickhead trap and lead with confidence. Between us, we've helped hundreds of leaders and managers to find new roles, take ownership of their careers, and handle the challenges that job searches and leadership responsibility inevitably bring. And now we're joining forces to share with you what we know has worked for our clients. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. We are talking this week about counteroffers, which has come up as a topic for both of us quite a bit, really, in the last few months. So we thought it was time to explore it on the podcast, explore what it is, whether you should take one as a candidate and also as an employer, are they worth offering? If you've got someone on your team who comes to you and has been offered something else, are the circumstances where you should offer a counteroffer? So Pam... We, we both have quite a lot to say, I think, on this topic. So what, first of all, what is a counteroffer? Like, when does it happen? Counteroffers are when you hand in your notice and then your employer offers you something to stay, whether that's a higher salary, better working conditions, or some kind of bonus to stay. And when we looked at the stats of this, I mean, as, as a recruiter, you know, I've seen this come up so many times and this is something I prep candidates for. But when we looked into the stats, the actual stats that are out there, we found that 50% of candidates who hand in their notice will receive a counter offer. So that's absolutely huge. So as, you know, as a candidate, as somebody who's going through that interview process, that job search process, you need to prepare and be ready for when your employer offers you that counter offer that says, here's more money to stay and think about how that might make you feel. And if at this stage you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, that'd be amazing if my employer offered me more money to stay, rather than getting to the stage of a counter offer, it might be worth asking for that pay rise in advance before you go through that whole job search process and interview process ask for that pay rise up front and we've done another episode on asking for a pay rise so we can link to that in the show notes so you can pretty much expect counter offer every time you hand in your notice I was I was certainly really surprised and I feel like probably as well because when I was an employer I very, very rarely. And in fact, I don't think I ever offered counter offers. And we're, I know we're going to talk about that later on, but it was that aspect of, I think I was just really shocked to see how often employers think a counter offer is worth doing. Cause I was kind of like, that's so far removed from my mindset that even though I knew that they were on the rise and that we'd seen a lot of them and that it was a topic that people often kind of then, like you say, if, it, if you're going through an interview process and you are already employed and get a new offer, if you're not prepared for it, if you don't kind of anticipate that it can happen, it can really throw people off course. And I think that's that's the aspect that we see is that element of people kind of like, oh, well, suddenly I've now got from going to, I was moving on from my current employer and my mindset was that I was leaving that behind and I was looking for something else to suddenly I've got 
an offer from somewhere new and suddenly I've got an offer from my existing employer how do I weigh them up how do I choose that that's a weird kind of mindset shift if you're not anticipating it so that was really why we wanted to do this episode was to kind of get people able to think about how do you decide how do you weigh up the pros and cons when should you take them when shouldn't you and all of that so what's what's your kind of feelings then so when a client comes to you and they've received a counter offer let's kind of pretend that you hadn't already prepped them because I know you do but (laughs) a lot of times people aren't prepared so in that situation then where somebody's kind of found themselves on the receiving end of a counter offer what's your kind of initial guidance to people in that circle? I think initially it's always about think about what they've offered you and why have they waited until they've till you've handed in your notice to give you this offer and the majority of people will come to me and they'll be feeling really flattered that they're going to now get this extra money and it could be so much easier because there's no learning curve in going to that new job and their employer actually thinks they're worth that money now so then it's almost like that real kind of flattery and you feel great because you're like yeah I know I was worth that money and maybe you've asked for it before in the past or maybe you hadn't maybe you've just been waiting for that pay rise to, to be offered to you and then you say that you're leaving and then it gets handed to you on a plate and I think that side of it that flattery side of it is is great because it does feel good when somebody finally recognizes that you're worth more than what they're currently paying you but then on the other side of that is the frustration of why didn't they give me that sooner? Why have they let me carry on working for the last year, 12, 18 months, two years? Why have they why have they let me carry on working for that period of time and not give me that pay rise that they know I deserved? Or actually, am I just forcing their hand right now and they're just giving me that? And will they be resentful towards me? Like there's so much that, that goes on for clients and they do tend to go through that oh my goodness, like I'm so happy because that that's the ideal scenario. There's no learning curve. There's no pain of moving jobs. And then when they start thinking that through, that can quickly turn to frustration. And I always say to people, okay, think about what happens if you accept that counter offer. What will that look like? What expectations will be on you? Because nine times out of 10, if you stay with the same employer, they will have higher expectations of what you need to deliver because they're paying you more. They will expect more. So what does that look like? Abs- yeah, absolutely. It's I think that's the thing, isn't it? It kind of almost on the when you're being flattered, when you're in that place of feeling flattered, it kind of feels like, oh, great. I've got the option to get paid more for doing the job I'm already doing. And yeah, that that might feel appealing. But the reality is if an existing employer is going to pay you more, they're going to have some more expectations and they're not going to just pay you more and think, yeah, that's totally fine for you to continue exactly as everything is. So I think that's really important to think about what additional expectations might there be. And also, how does that then potentially upset the apple cart? Because a lot of the reason that people haven't got that offer from their existing employer until the employer's hand is forced is because of internal parity it's because 
actually, if we give you a pay rise, then we're also going to have to give that person a pay rise. So it's the domino effect that employers are worried about, that if they give one person a pay rise out of sync of the regular pay reviews, they've got to then look at internal parity and other people will get to hear about it and other people will want one. And if you've handed your notice in and been on the receiving end of a counteroffer and you accept it, there's also that question of who else might know, who else might get to hear about that and the employer is often quite cagey around they don't want other people to know because they don't want people to know that you've got a pay rise that way because they don't want to have to do it for other people but also come the next pay review they're then looking at it and saying well you're paid at this rate and we need to maintain internal parity so more of the pay rise budget potentially goes to other people so almost while it's kind of catapulted you forward at one stage then come the next pay round then potentially that becomes kind of something that's holding you back rather than continuing to push you forward yeah and I think that is that tends to happen a lot because when I've seen counter offers accepted in the past and particularly when I worked in recruitment, because that is something that I would always prep a candidate for. Like at the start of the process, I would say to them, before I even put them in front of of my clients, I would say to them, how would you feel if you got a counteroffer from your current employer? And lots of them didn't know what it was. And then when I explained it and we went through that, and then I'd take some notes around that because when it then did happen, in the future, then I would say, well, remember when you said X, Y, and Z. And it wasn't about me trying to persuade them to take the new opportunity. It was about me helping them to kind of work through that phase where they feel flattered and this could be the easiest thing and your judgment is very much clouded so it was about grounding them and saying okay well when we talked about counter offers at the start of this process these are all the things that you said were the reasons that you wanted to leave the current organization do they still stand does this counter offer get rid of any of these things nine times out of ten it doesn't and it didn't and it was it was it was an eye-opener for some people because then they go oh okay you've brought me back down to earth now and maybe the counter offer isn't isn't right for for me at this time and you've got to think that if you if you have asked for a pay rise because lots of people will ask for a pay rise or you'll get a company-wide message that says there's no pay rises this year because there's no money in the budget for pay rises you'll have one-to-ones and they'll say no sorry no money for a pay rise so then at that point and that's when you start looking for that new role, you go through the process, you spend loads of time finding the next perfect role. And then all of a sudden they say, here's the money. Here's the money that you that you wanted. And it might not just be about the money. Sometimes it is about working conditions. Like lately, um, I've seen people get counter-offered and say, okay, well, if, you, if you're going to leave, we will give you fully remote or we'll let you work hybrid or we'll let you work around your kids' school pickup times and things like that. And it's like, well, why didn't you let me do that before? Why did you let me like battle on, like really struggling or looking for less than I should have been, less than market rate in some cases. And then now because I've said I'm leaving, you're going to give it to me. So I think people do go through those phases of real flattery and real frustration. And they, when they get out. and and the the stats again would say it's it's unusual that counter offers do work so when people accept a counter offer 80% of those people will still move on 
within six months and 90% will move on within 12 months. So from that kind of perspective, it's kind of like, yeah, okay, you can accept a counter offer, but there's an 80% chance you're still going to want to move on or a 90% chance you're still going to want to move on within 12 months. So those stats, I think, really speak for themselves that often people might accept it in the short term, but those fundamental issues that were the driver to want to move on are still there. So what about the kind of 10% then? What about those cases where people accept a counter offer and it does work out? Like when when would you advise that or have you seen clients where it's kind of like, yeah, it genuinely is the right thing? Because I think yeah. it's easy to assume like, no, you shouldn't do it. Just just say no. Actually, there's, there are some times where it might be the right thing. Yeah, and sometimes it is. I mean, there's been a client recently that has accepted a counter offer and we went through the whole process of what are the pros and cons of staying and leaving. And when when she realized that it was probably going to be the right thing to stay, we made sure that she had that in writing, that she had an email to say there's there's no additional workloads and there'll be more focus in the areas she wants to focus on. She can keep the hybrids working, all of the things that were really important to her. She just made sure that they were and sent over in an email and she also got it in writing just so that in the future, at any point, if anybody starts trying to overload her because now she's getting paid more, that actually she has it in writing that the job remains the same. There was a few extra things that um, she'd be getting involved in, but they were out of her choice. So it made sense for her to stay within that organization. And what she was unaware of was growth plans that were going on in the background. So as soon as she handed in a notice and they asked her why, and she said, because she wanted to grow, she wanted to manage a bigger team and all of this kind of stuff. And then what they presented back to her was, well, actually we're in this phase of growth. We've not yet started rolling it out, but this is what's coming. And you can actually head up this team you can grow the team you can recruit the team develop the team and you can basically run the show and in order to do that then obviously we we would give you a pay rise because that level of role would deserve a pay rise so in that situation she was able to go right okay it's a very a very very similar offer to the one because it was it was a promotion that she'd been offered effectively it was a promotion it was very, very similar, but she decided to stay because she knew the company and she was ready to help them grow. She thought there was no growth within that company. So in that case, I think that was the right decision, whether or not she'll fall into those stats of leaving in six, 12 months, who knows, but she's got a really good opportunity there to to help them deliver those growth plans that she was completely unaware of until she handed in a notice. So sometimes there can be those times when they they can then share some additional things with you. I think that's exactly it, isn't it? It's where there's a genuine thing that you weren't aware of that comes to light that hadn't been communicated then that to me is a case of right okay then it's a different it's a different weighing up so when you're weighing up pros and cons currently as far as she's aware that role is going to be what it is and so you if they'd have just offered her more money if they'd have offered her flexible working whatever 
but without there being any kind of substance to why now was the time to be able to offer her that, then that is a different weighing up process. And I think that's a useful question for candidates to kind of keep in mind is saying, am I effectively going to just be getting a bit of a better deal for the role that I'm currently doing? Or is there some kind of material thing that I can understand why I wasn't aware of it, but now that I am aware of it, that kind of changes things, that changes the situation. And I think that's a useful one for as candidate for people to kind of think about and ask themselves that question, because if there isn't something like that, then it's very likely that you'll be in that kind of 80, 90% that you'll, you'll still have those frustrations. You'll still want to move on. You'll potentially be in a better position to negotiate on your next move because your base salary will be higher, but nevertheless, fundamentally if those frustrations and the kind of drivers to leave are still there and there's nothing materially different then it's probably still not going to work out for you to accept that counter offer how about as an employer so as a kind of a team leader manager project manager whatever that might be with a team of people are there ever times where it's a good idea to offer a counter offer or would you say to hiring managers like no just don't do it yeah I think my advice is always don't do it and within within my companies within the companies I've worked for I would never give a counter offer I would never advise anybody to to give a counter offer because I do think that once you do that you set a precedent and you will have a number of other people trying to do that and you might not have the budget to give every single person a pay rise. And I think if somebody has gone out of their way to look for a new job, for whatever reason, they their heart moved out of your business. So I think in most cases, I would say don't don't give a counter offer. Obviously, in that case of my client, this like last couple of weeks, that's slightly different because there was stuff going on in the background that she didn't know about that the company couldn't share with her up until obviously it come to that crunch point. So I think, yeah, in that case, that company, I think they were probably right to give that counter offer, but generally just to try and keep somebody so that you don't have to go through a recruitment process, then I would say don't, don't do it because like, as you said before, 80% of people leave within six months. So you give the counter offer you set the precedent that person leaves you've got a whole raft of other people doing the same thing and it just creates a real unstable business yeah and I've seen that happen in businesses where like you say it's a domino effect of one person does it accepts the counter offer stays for a bit and then within a few months two more people in the same team have done the same because they've seen that that first person has been able to use it as leverage to get more of what they want and then you then end up where like you say there might not be the budget or people are still dissatisfied fundamentally with how things are working so then you end up where what felt like the right thing to do because okay and and I think when when employers do it it's often because it's a bit of that evidence. So in the episode where we talk about asking for a pay rise, one of the things that we suggest is about building that business case. It's about understanding what value you'd offer to another business and what you'd be able to command in the marketplace. 
And I think that's one of the reasons is that suddenly when employers are confronted with it, they realize what value you as an individual could command in the marketplace. That's where it's tempting to offer the counter offer because it's kind of like, oh, well, okay, actually, if you leave, we're going to have to pay this rate to recruit somebody. So we may as well pay it to you as a known quantity and has got the history with the business. So it can feel like that's worthwhile doing but you don't necessarily then recognize those other consequences of the domino effect of how it might then cause that dissatisfaction in other people and how that person after feeling initially flattered kind of goes hang on a minute you you didn't think I was worth that until I proved it to you and now you do so you're almost setting yourself up at, at loggerheads what what I've done in the past and what I would kind of recommend to companies to do instead is to be aware of those trends. It's to understand. And if you can't give pay rises because the company isn't making enough money, like have that conversation and be honest with people, but don't wait for them to get an offer and then give a counter offer. Like look at are the people that you really need to retain and get ahead of a curve that you've got somebody that you need to retain and that would be worth more in the marketplace now then sometimes there is enough for breaking your own rules and being able to do that in a, a managed way and approaching somebody and kind of saying look I understand and I've I've had that before with a member of my team where I knew they loved working for the business they loved working for me they wanted to stay but everybody's got bills to pay and I knew that potentially they would be a great candidate somewhere else and they would potentially be able to go and make more money somewhere else so I was able to then effectively build that business case internally to say I want to give this person a pay rise these are the reasons this is the consequence if they go and look elsewhere I don't believe in waiting and offering a counter offer at the point I think we need to get ahead of this and that as an approach worked far better for me. That person knew that I had their back, knew that I was looking out for them and then felt valued because they they hadn't threatened to leave or come with another offer to make that happen. I'd been having those conversations and, and I had that working relationship with them where they were honest enough with me to kind of say, well, I don't want to leave, but I am going to have to look at roles that pay more and I was then able to, like I say, build that business case. Yeah, and that that is definitely really good advice for employers because really you want to be assessing your staff on a regular basis and just looking at how motivated are they still within this business and maybe picking off the ones that don't seem to be that motivated and looking at, well, what could the reasons be? Maybe speaking to them about it in more detail. And then obviously the ones that are really motivated that you think, they will be a huge loss to the business, then you want to get in there and make sure that you are retaining those people. And there's nothing more flattering than being taken to one side and told that you're getting a pay rise without even asking for it. It's it's a good way to kind of build that loyalty, isn't it? And show how much you value someone's work. But of course, there isn't always the budget to do that, is there? Which is why people will start looking And I think as well, it's that interesting trend, like you've said, it's not always about just the salary. Hmm. Now that it feels that there are more employers that are wanting people back in the office more, it's sometimes about that element of if somebody's not had any costs for commuting for the last 
three years or have had minimal costs. And then suddenly you're going from no days or one day in the office to Mm. two or three days a week. The time and the cost of that feels more painful if they've not had it. And actually what they're looking for potentially might be an increased salary, but equally it might be more fitting in with their lifestyle. And I think with those kinds of things, again, even if you haven't got budget, if you can offer some of that flexibility and be able to kind of be, it, it, it then makes you harder to match as a package, as an employer, when they're looking in the market. Most of the people that I speak to are looking elsewhere and they want flexibility. And if they can get it from their existing employer and they can't get it from a new employer or they can't get as much, then that can really create that difference where you'll retain somebody for longer because they recognize and value the autonomy, the trust you've placed in them, the fact that you can allow them to work more flexibly. And if they can't get that somewhere else, well, that's worth a lot. Yeah, and it is. And when back when I worked in recruitment, the only thing you get counteroffered on was 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 money. It was all about the pay rise, but it is more now about the working conditions and the flexibility because it's so important. And I think COVID has changed a lot of people in the way that they think and the way that they work and just generally the way they do things. And people have realized that actually having that flexibility can give you that better work-life balance. And why should you be commuting into the office every day when it's really pointless but then the other side of that is I've had clients that actually want to get back in the office that are in fully remote positions and they're not enjoying it so they want to get back in the office and there's there is an option to come back into the office but or or there'd be a spot in the office but they're trying to keep as many people at home so it works both ways and I think that's why it's really really important that you sit down and almost like create your list of non-negotiables like what is it that you want what do you need and I always find that the people that struggle with counter offers the most and deciding whether they should take them or not are the people that don't have a solid career plan because when you've got that solid career plan that says okay I need to now move from A to B to get to C like once you've got that, the counter offer becomes irrelevant because you're not moving for the money or the working conditions. Then you're moving for the experience and the exposure to different things that you can't always get in your current position. So they could counter offer you all day, but if they're only a small company that can't give you the exposure that you need in order to progress, then you're never going to accept it. So it almost removes that kind of, well, what if I get counter offered? Well, if I do, it doesn't matter because it's not even going to come into it. And I think the other episode that I think is useful to signpost people to is the how to negotiate, because I think often that's also the situation where people haven't negotiated their offer, taking account of those non-negotiables and knowing what it is that they want from this move, then they're very vulnerable to counter offers because if you haven't negotiated much of a pay increase, but you've got a promotion or you haven't negotiated the flexibility that you want, it's easy that a small change from your existing employer kind of throws things into the mix. Whereas if you've negotiated with a new employer and that you're going to get 70, 80% of what you want, and you've got all of your non-negotiables covered, then that puts 
a very different spin on things and it's much harder for your employer to then kind of come back and suddenly be all flexible and giving you the pay rises and all of that because you've negotiated all of that as opposed and what you really want as opposed to just something that's just a step better than where you are now so I would definitely encourage people to go back and and listen to both of those episodes and we'll we'll link to them in the show notes as well well that feels like a great point to end on so as ever thank you for listening if there are any topics you'd like us to cover then just get in touch and drop us a dm and we would really appreciate it if you can rate and review on spotify on apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening to us and we will be back next week with another episode so catch you then